the communication is the most critical part of delegation because you got to make sure that the person you're talking to, that person knows exactly what needs to be done and why. Because by communicating the purpose, you make sure that even if there is something that wasn't communicated well, or maybe for some reason that piece of information didn't make it through, if the person on the other end knows what the purpose is, they can fill that gap and still do a good job. This is the CMO NGO podcast. We interview today's most inspiring chief marketing officers and savvy marketers of lucrative direct-to-consumer companies, bringing you insightful stories and tips on marketing, sales, branding, and much more. We bring you the best lessons from the best. Let's get started with your host, Joe Momo. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast. He's a co-founder of this really exciting tech startup, making virtual assistants accessible through the phone. Welcome to the podcast, Roland. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Joe. Good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just jump right into it. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and a little bit more about Wing? Sure, I'd be happy to. So uh, I'm one of the co-founders and the chief marketing officer at uh, Wing or Wing Assistant. Uh, And what we do as a company is that we really supply small and medium-sized businesses or executives or startups uh, with part-time or full-time virtual assistants. So essentially additions to their existing team uh, and that's typically typically applicable for companies that are growing uh, at, at at a good pace. Awesome. And yeah, I read on the LinkedIn that uh, uh, you guys launched in 2016. You have the goal of reaching 800 paying users by 2020. So I'm just curious, have you reached <laughs> Good that research. goal? <laughs> <laughs> We're not quite there yet. So, and maybe a little bit of a background since, I mean, yeah, we, we had, I guess, the first idea of the company and that was probably 2016. Uh, I joined the company in 2019. And even back then, we only had, uh, we were basically like an on-campus student assistant app. <laughs> so quite, quite different from now. We then pivoted and became more professional and basically were, yeah, pivoted to being a concierge app for busy professionals uh, to get, like, yeah, restaurant reservations done, buy a movie ticket, um, do travel plans, like all the kind of nitty gritty stuff that you as a super busy executive might not want to do or don't just have the time to do. Uh, that was pretty successful. We launched a product time, the number one product of the day in early 2020, in February, I think. Uh, We also got accepted to the Berkeley Skydeck Accelerator, uh, which we joined in March. And then obviously the big bang happened, pandemic hit, and (laughs) all those use cases with uh, uh, restaurant reservations, et cetera, just didn't happen anymore, right? Uh, And so, yeah, at at that time we were lucky to to, to be accepted to the Berkeley Skydeck Accelerator and that that time, like that half year in that in that organization really helped us to do another big pivot. And that's basically when we thought, okay, well, all the all the work is shifting remote. Everyone's doing virtual, um, working virtually. So why don't we hop on the train and, and make that a virtual? And, and we did. And yeah. So and to answer your question, we haven't reached 800 users or customers quite yet, uh, but we're on, a, we're on a good path. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. Uh, let's maybe step back a little bit. I'm always curious about a founder, founder's journey. 
Uh, I saw in your background, talking about research, I saw in your background that you worked in uh, management consultant for a little bit in your career, and then you pivoted or jumped into the world of entrepreneurship. So maybe you can let us know, the listeners know um, how that jump was like, or how is it like founding, uh, being a part of a startup like that? Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to jump even even further back, um, uh, I, I was originally in the military for for actually the majority of my career. So I was an officer in the German army and German armed forces in the army. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, then I came uh, to the United States in 2018, did my MBA in, uh, at UC Irvine, uh, and then yeah, had a little bit of, of of management consulting experience as well. And I guess the pivot to consult uh, to sorry the pivot to being a startup founder, uh, yeah, is, <laughs> was pretty significant in many ways, uh, and also I would say probably transform myself as a professional because yeah, it's just a, a totally different environment. Uh, and that's probably mostly because it's, it's super fast paced and like changes literally happen on a daily basis. Uh, it could be that uh, something external like a pandemic happens. Uh, could, but it doesn't have to be that big, right? It can just be customer sentiments. It can be uh, maybe the economy is doing worse or better uh, or anything like that. Uh, it can be inside your team. Maybe a team member is leaving. Maybe a key team member is leaving. Uh, it could be part of your uh, investors want to do something uh, that they think is good and you kind of have to negotiate that. So yeah, it's, it's like a moving parts in every direction. And I think that is different from being even a management consultant or an officer uh, because yeah, you, you're typically working for a bigger organization where there's like processes and structures that have been in place. Uh, and that's just not the case for us. Yeah, absolutely. For, even for myself, I find I'm such a goal oriented type of person. So I set goals all the time and then yeah. they usually have to quickly adjust or pivot as yeah. circumstances <laughs> change. So, 100%, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually read one of your LinkedIn articles about uh, how to stick to goals. So it would be, cu- I'll be <laughs> curious to know, uh, maybe you could, dig a little bit deeper for our listeners. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, goals, goals are super important. And I, I want to say not even only for, for the professional life, but even for the personal life. Um, yeah. And I guess without having a goal, at least that's my philosophy, you're not going to do anything. Um, so, and yeah, if you want to break it down to, um, <laughs> to be more, uh, more general and more general statement, like even like getting downstairs and like getting your lunch now, that's a goal, right? It's it's obviously a super insignificant goal typically, <laughs> and we're not aware that it's a goal. Uh, but yeah, if you think about it, goals are anything and everything where you have a certain thing that you want to achieve and then making a plan to get there, right? And I think um, having that in a more or being more aware of, of what a goal is can already help you to get there. Right. And when you, when you think about that, then yeah, maybe you take a step back, you think about, okay, what is it that I really want? Uh, And then also take the time to think about, okay, how do I get there and then make the plan and then action back plan to actually get there. And like you said, yeah, maybe you're going to change the goal. Right. And that's, that's totally fine. Right. If you want to, if you want to, lose 
10 pounds in a week. Maybe that's your goal ultimately um, or, or in, in the first place, but maybe ultimately you're going to change it. Maybe you think, maybe you see that, it's, oh, it's not realistic. Okay. Maybe it's going to take me a month. Then yeah, don't, I mean, don't be afraid to change the goal. Just be more realistic and adaptive. And then still you get to the thing you want to achieve. And that, yeah, again, counts for business, counts for personal life, pretty much anything you do. Absolutely. I need to have that goal as well after COVID, uh, the quarantine 15, maybe 15 pounds. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you look um, good, though. <laughs> I appreciate it. appreciate it. Um, so when we talk about goals, it's very, like we talked about, sometimes you have to pivot, sometimes you have to adjust as things change. But what really keeps you motivated? What keeps you inspired? What sort of things have you read or listened to that uh, uh, really give you that motivation or inspiration? I would say that for, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I'm motivated not by what other people say or do necessarily. Um, maybe that gives me inspiration, right? Maybe I look at Elon Musk, for example, <laughs> who managed to, I think, build three billion dollar companies, which is pretty amazing, right? Um, but I still have my own goals. Um, and even though there's other people who achieve their goals and, and aspire other things. Um, yeah, I, I just listen to myself and I'm like, and I think that is something that really everyone has to actually do for themselves, right? It doesn't really matter whether uh, it's gonna, it's your parents or your partner or your friends or whoever gonna tell you what, 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 what they would like you to do. It's really uh, about, about what what you want to achieve, right? And then if you if you have clear uh, if you're clear on that, um, then the the <laughs> the question about the motivation is really not as important anymore. Because if you know you want a certain thing and you really want it, then why would you need motivation from some from anywhere else, right? If you really want it, then just do it. <laughs> and if you don't do it, maybe you just don't want it enough. And that's fine, right? If if you're fine with being like, it, <laughs> I don't know, weighing a little more or, or or not being a billionaire or whatever, like that's fine. And if if you're true to that, then that's you don't need a goal for that, right? Just just pick the goals that you're really passionate about and that you really want to achieve, and you don't need anyone else to tell you what to do. Mm, I love that. It actually reminds me of uh, a quote uh, uh, Gary Vee said. He's saying that uh, if you're procrastinating, it means that maybe you don't really want that thing you're chasing. Yeah. So that kind of parlaying into what you're saying that yeah, you don't really need uh, external motivation to really go after the thing that you really want. So it makes sense. I, I, I think so too. I think that's uh, quite compelling. Um, in terms of what you do day to day. I see that you're the CMO at Wing. Um, what sort of things are you currently doing at your role that you can share with the, with the listeners? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, in marketing, it's always the goal to get more customers and uh, ultimately increase revenue. And so I think, yeah, the, doing that in a way where it makes sense for all parties, I think that is uh, that is how how I really see what marketing is at the core, right? I think marketing does have a somewhat of a bad reputation, at least for, for some for some people, because people think of like ads that they don't want to see, right? They like you, you get spam in your mail, uh, you get spam in your email, uh, you you see ads that you don't like on TV and they disrupt your show, obviously. And so yeah, people kind of tend to see that as 
is equal uh, to marketing. Uh, I, I, I tend to see it a little differently. So I really see marketing as bringing a product uh, or a service, whatever it may be, to the people who want it or who can use it. Right. And so that's, I think, one of the one of the things where social media uh, and our modern technology really uh, in general made a big advance. Because nowadays, uh, and even that has a bad reputation, but that's a different topic. Right. <laughs> nowadays, you get targeted. And, and if, if you like a certain type of lotion, let's say, you see advertisements for lotions or or, or, or similar products uh, that may uh, fulfill certain certain needs of yours or wants of yours. Uh, same thing for if, if I talk about my company, right? I don't want to I don't want to target anyone who doesn't need a virtual assistant or someone someone who can help you uh, in your team to grow, right? So I wouldn't target someone who's uh, who's not a business owner, for example. Um, and yeah, so what do I do every day is <laughs> kind of think about. Okay, so. Who are the people that could benefit from the services we provide? And how do I reach those people? Finding channels to get to those people to spark the interest and, and, and get them to think, oh, well, there's this company, Wing. I haven't ever heard of them. Well, let's check them out and let's see if they can actually do something for me for an ultimately a win-win situation. Mm. So it sounds like uh, using an omni-channel approach to connect uh, a product or service that customers or audiences are more more uh, interested in rather than just those you see those old school ads where you get absolutely. bombarded by spam and all this stuff so absolutely yeah yeah so has there been any channels in particular that you could share that's really been um maybe your favorite or it's been really working for you guys <laughs> yeah i guess both my favorite and, and what's been working really well for us is google search and bing search uh, or generally speaking, uh, search engine marketing, right? Because, and that's like, it's it's perfect example for that because people are already looking for certain things. They're looking for uh, a virtual assistant, a social media assistant, a uh, a person to help them with sales or with outbound calls, et cetera, right? So all these things uh, that people are actually already looking for. And uh, search engine marketing is just so powerful to capture that traffic uh, and, and give me the opportunity or other advertisers the opportunity uh, to get in front of those people, right? And so obviously it's a, it's a very low in the funnel where people are already at the at least the consideration stage, and then you're able to to yeah pitch them <laughs> and show them certain landing pages, uh, show them your website, your homepage, maybe a video, whatever it is uh, that you have at your disposal. Uh, and yeah, so I, I think that that is one of the most powerful tools we have, and uh, I, I really like it because it's so targeted. Absolutely, I like to call uh, Google Search the low-hanging fruits. It's, yep. it's uh, people are <laughs> it's looking true. for your product or service. You just have to put your ad in front of them, in front of their eyes. Yep. To really convert. So, I, I love Google Search as well. Is there um, talking about uh, marketing? Uh, maybe a little higher in the funnel. You, you talked about lower funnel, but higher in the funnel, maybe mm -hmm. a little bit more branding and a little bit more awareness. Uh, what sort of things have you seen that are make a successful brand, uh, a brand that you really admire? Yeah, I think one, well, two, two really good channels uh, that I personally like, and obviously it always depends on the industry you're in, whether it makes sense for you, um, uh, that always depends. 
but uh, I, I really uh, am pretty positive about influencer marketing because influencers typically have a very um, <laughs> significant niche, right? Where, where they, or audience, I should say, uh, a very well-defined audience uh, that, that wants to consume content about a certain thing or a certain, certain area, uh, whatever that may be. And so by reaching out to those influencers and collaborating with them, uh, making ideally the influencers <laughs> um, your brand ambassadors because they also like your product, uh, you can really, really make a big difference and yeah, have them um, uh, multiply your, uh, your message to a big audience. So that would be one. And the other one would be um, public relations. Uh, just because the reach, and since you mentioned the going up the funnel, right, uh, that will be the extreme where you can get a, a very broad reach, but still be targeted uh, because certain outlets do have certain uh, certain audiences that have certain interests, et cetera. Uh, so yeah, those influencers and PR would be, would be two channels that I think are really powerful and often also undervalued. Absolutely. And speaking of, uh, actually, I have one question that I always love asking guests. Uh, what's maybe one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I guess I have to think about that. What? Or maybe what's one thing that's top of mind or you're really curious about uh, right now? I guess what, what are the things that, that we don't know, right? So um, the, talking about the blind spot. Kind of thing, right? Because you're always thinking, okay, in terms of what have other marketers done? Uh, what are the channels that I can use? Um, and typically, you think in those in those structures that are already there. But it's really interesting only, and that's I think people could call it growth hacking, <laughs> to kind of find totally new ways of marketing. Um, and that goes back to the thing what I said earlier, right? Um, uh, to marketing as potentially bad reputation. We want to find ways that that don't annoy anyone because it's not only annoying to the person who receives the marketing message, it's irrelevant. It's also wasteful on your end, right? You're spending money <laughs> or efforts at least uh, to, to get a message out that that's not well received. And so, yeah, um, I guess... The thinking about what other ways can we leverage? Um, what other what other channels are there that haven't been thought about? Uh, I think that's an interesting question. Uh, what the answer is? <laughs> Obviously, I don't know. <laughs> if I knew, if I did, <laughs> um, it wouldn't be a question anymore. But uh, yeah, we, yeah, that that's I guess that's always. Uh, always the, the highest discipline of marketing is to find new ways and be creative uh, and reach people in a way that haven't been reached before. Mm. Speaking of that, have you uh, been on TikTok lately? Maybe that could be a <laughs> serial and doing some dances on TikTok. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not the best dancer, but um, yeah, so TikTok is, TikTok is interesting. Uh, I would say nowadays it's not even a new channel anymore, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's years old at this point. Uh, but yeah, obviously, obviously it's something that, that were bigger companies uh, that that bigger companies are still exploring. Uh, I believe, uh, and I've tested a little bit on TikTok actually uh, about a year ago to see what yeah what what kind of audiences can we can we reach, what kind of uh, messages can we transport, etc. And yeah, I, just from that testing, which was limited, but um, yeah, still I think had some insights. I don't think 
our audience really is on TikTok that much. But if you think about business owners, they're typically more than 25, if not more than 30 years old, uh, just because naturally you do need some time to to build a business (laughs) or you do need some time to learn about how to run a business to actually do that at a certain point. Uh, And the TikTok audience, just generally speaking, is relatively young, right? So that's, that's like one high level reason why I think for Wing Assistant, it's probably not the best channel. And then I think to really, really get traction on TikTok, you you need to iterate and test insanely and put in really like a lot of resources um, just, just to produce the content, right? Because if you want to be successful, you, you have to have super high quality content. You have to have to have something catchy that is not only something that people want to view. It's also have, it also has to be something that is relevant to your own service or product. Uh, and to find that that area where where those uh, points intersect, I think that's that's just something where you need a lot of resources. And in, uh, I, yeah, as a startup, we can't afford that at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense. Uh, you, you mentioned that your target audience are more business owners. And yeah, I agree. I think TikTok skews a little bit younger, so maybe not so much uh, business owners there, but who knows, maybe in a few years it will age up and then maybe that'll be a a important platform uh, for you guys. But currently, uh, is there, when you're targeting business owners, is there a particular platform outside of Google search that uh, that you're really looking at? Yeah, so outside, I would say it's, generally any platform, right? Because we're looking at small business owners, startup founders, et cetera. Uh, And so in that sense, it is more or less regular people, quote unquote, um, however you want to define that, but it's it's not like it's not like CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, right? It's it's not a niche super elite uh, um, segment like that. Uh, and so, yeah, you, you can use the platforms that are rather broad and those platforms luckily do have the, um, uh, you, you do have the ability to target quite, uh, quite effectively. Right. And so in that sense, yeah, uh, I want to say my favorite platform is LinkedIn because it, it just vibes <laughs> perfectly <laughs> with our offering because we are B2B service, uh, in general, right? So and people use LinkedIn for business. So it is a is the natural platform, I want to say. But um, yeah, uh, regardless of that, we're still working on TikTok. We're still working even on Quora and Twitter um, and Pinterest even. Uh, because yeah, you do, there, there are some opportunities there to portray your service in a way that is unique to the platform and that can speak to people in a certain way. And especially on bigger platforms, LinkedIn and Facebook, um, there, is a, there is a chance that your message gets cluttered uh, or, or gets yeah just buried under the clutter rather um, of other ads and yeah if you if you can find a way to have a creative message on a platform that's not as heavily heavily frequented by ever advertisers uh, you can make a difference mm, absolutely yeah I mean I love LinkedIn for B two B it's a really great platform actually the algorithm too there organic reach is so still pretty good so I like to mm-hmm. uh, post a lot of content there. <laughs> when you do post content or you do spread your message on a platform like LinkedIn, what sort of marketing metrics do you look at to gauge a successful campaign? 
Yeah, so for me, it's always click to the website. <laughs> um, so clicks are invaluable. And then obviously, um, yeah, because they indicate that that someone is so interested that they actually want to find out more, right? They're, the ad or the can be a blog article or just a organic social media article, it did capture their attention. Uh, so they, they do want to find out what else is behind that just just that one post. Right? And so clicks would be, yeah, would be for me the ultimate metric to gauge the success of a certain of a certain post or ad. Yeah, clicks. Yeah, also clicks uh, shows maybe not intent, but it shows that yeah, they're interested in your content. They're willing to go uh, investigate or learn more. And if uh, you do have that uh, retargeting capabilities on your website, it's exactly. a good good place to push them slowly further down the funnel. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. So, what's maybe something that Wing does that? listeners or people generally don't know about they could share with the listeners yeah um i mean you you basically just mentioned uh one very important aspect and that's retargeting right and i just i just said clicks even though obviously from a business perspective clicks don't get you anything right you can get a million clicks and still have zero dollar in revenue (laughs) in theory right um so ultimately of course marketing my marketing metric is conversions right any any customers that or users website visitors that convert into customers that's the ultimate metric but why i said clicks is because yeah you find out what people are interested in your service or in that general area or topic that you portrayed and then by let's say you you run a certain or we launch a blog post now let's say that blog post is about um, a goal setting for executives <laughs> uh, if we want to stick to that uh, to that example and that means by by launching that content, you will get people, probably executives or people that that are in that area that are interested in increasing their productivity or their goal setting um, um, uh, capabilities. And so, by doing that and and letting that campaign run, maybe you have a campaign around that where that generates hundreds, if not thousands, of clicks, uh, and you do that for a week or two weeks only, right? And then you probably want to have a landing page uh, that that's prepared or it's maybe it's the blog article itself but by then using um those analytics tools that are that come with all of the platforms that's whether that's linkedin whether that's quora pinterest facebook etc all those pixels uh, uh or tags if you if you're working with google tag manager um they enable you to then figure out okay well these let's say 5,000 people that visited the page uh, have, have certain personal properties. Uh, they are a certain way. And then those tools will find other people like that. And you can build a lookalike audience. And I think, um, I mean, that is something I learned very late in my marketing career. Uh, I, I wish <laughs> I had learned about it earlier. So yeah, I think that that is just something that is very valuable to know because then you can achieve exactly what I said before. You don't want to reach people that are not interested in your message. You want to reach the people where it's relevant. And you do exactly that by creating lookalike audiences, by filtering the uh, for the traffic that you're getting on certain pages. Absolutely. Yeah, the lookalike audience is such a powerful 
tool they could use with your ad campaigns. Uh, I've used it many times in uh, campaigns for clients and also myself. And yeah, it's just such a great tool to have at your disposal. And yeah, yeah you said so, so true. Uh, speaking of the content though, I actually saw a pretty interesting article that you, uh, I believe, wrote on LinkedIn as well. Uh, it was talking about uh, delegating work, how to delegate work. And yeah. for myself, <laughs> I find it very difficult to delegate because you have the entrepreneurial mind. You want to yeah. try this, test this, try that. But uh, it's really important to, if you really want to scale to delegate work, trust your team, have good people around you. Yep. So yeah, I'd be curious, uh, how do you delegate work? Uh, what are maybe some tips you could share with the listeners? Yeah. So um, my biggest tip would, would be... <laughs> read the article because <laughs> obviously, no, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a more complex topic. So just like giving you, giving you three bullets will maybe help, maybe helpful, but it won't solve your problem. Right. So you, if, if you're really like, if you, if you're at that stage where you have realized, okay, I should really delegate stuff because I'm doing too much of the tedious work myself. Uh, if you're at that point, uh, congratulations, you, it's great. <laughs> it's great that you've realized that. Uh, but then take a, take a few minutes uh, and actually yeah, read, read about delegation and, and think about how you want to do it. What I would say are the most important things to consider is that by doing that, you do, you do have to trust the person that you could delegate to. And obviously, if, you, if you're working with someone uh, that you maybe, maybe you just hired them or maybe it's a contractor, um, uh, and depending obviously from, from uh, the task that you want to achieve, uh, it depends on, on all of the fa those factors. But generally, yeah, um, you got to build trust. And obviously, uh, you want to go step by step. You again want to set a certain goal. You want to plan whatever it is that needs to be achieved, and then you need to communicate that. Uh, and I guess, yeah, apart from from just setting the goal and doing the planning, the communication is the most critical part of delegation because you got to make sure that the person you're talking to, uh, that that person knows exactly what needs to be done and why, right? They, they always need to understand the purpose because by communicating the purpose, you make sure that even if there is something that wasn't communicated well, or maybe you just forgot it yourself, or maybe for some reason that piece of information didn't make it through, if the person on the other end knows what the purpose is, they can fill that gap ideally, uh, yeah, and, and still do a good job. Absolutely. And yeah, it was a very great read. I'll uh, make sure to link it in the show notes of this interview <laughs> awesome. so people could dig, dig deeper. <laughs> what's, uh, I only have a couple more questions here for you, for you, Roland. Uh, what's maybe one thing that you're proud of that uh, uh, we haven't touched on in the interview so far? Yeah, so I mean, for for me, it's always hard to brag. <laughs> um, uh, but if if I had to pick one thing I'm proud of, it's probably um, probably to get my O1 visa for the states. <laughs> uh, which I mean, I I didn't know even what that was. It's it's uh, um, I, I think what is it called? Uh, visa for for extraordinary individuals. <laughs> that's, I think, that's, I think what it says. So very, very, uh, uh, feels good <laughs> to see it in your passport. Um, but I think, yeah, why I'm proud of that is because, uh, it, it, it is a, a testament to, uh, to our success at wing, right? Because, um, without wing that, that my company is basically the reason why the U S 
had an interest to even giving me a visa, right? And so, yeah, I would say getting there and never giving up and not not listening to to haters and doubters um, <laughs> because there are many of them uh, when you're doing your own thing. Um, yeah, that that that's probably what the thing I would highlight. <laughs> That's really awesome. Well, I'm definitely cheering you on. I think you're doing amazing things. And yeah, you're very extraordinary. You, you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> killing it. So we always need more, more entrepreneurs here. So really appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, I only have my last question uh, to end the interview is usually a marketing or branding question. So my last question to you, Roland, is what's maybe one word or phrase that you would use to describe Roland Pulsen's brand? I would say, um, I would say you should you should stay true to what you really are. So yeah, stay true to what you really are. I guess is that that what it boils down to. Um, and it, again, like goes back to what I said before about marketing in general. Right, you don't want to like dupe certain people about what you what you could be. Uh, but what you really aren't just to get like people into the door that ultimately will, will leave you because you're not <laughs> what you portray to be. Right. And that's, that's typical for clickbait, right? Uh, all those, those that I, I, that's the reason why I hate clickbait so much is because it pretends to be something that it ultimately isn't. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to waste your own time because obviously you're going to click that article. You think, oh, that's super interesting. And then you figure out it's about something totally different. Um, and obviously, yeah, and obviously, yeah, it's, it's just a huge waste for all parties. Uh, and yeah, so if, if you just stay true to what you are and what you want to uh, what you want to do uh and, and what you what you're selling specifically specifically in marketing um then then it's it's a win-win for everyone yeah i'm definitely a hater for uh, clickbait that's one thing i one thing i hate <laughs> more than anything no it was a pleasure having you on the podcast stay true to who you are i really love that uh where can our listeners connect with you online roland um, yeah, you, if you want to, uh, feel free to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's my first name, Roland, and my last name, Polzin, uh, P-O-L-Z-I-N. Um, yeah, and uh, if you have an actual request, just include that in your message, and I'll be happy to, uh, to respond to that as well. Hi, I'm Roland Polzin, and you're listening to Joe Momo Presents. This episode of the CMO and Joe podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more business strategies and tactics to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.